Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome indeed. So we had a bit of a first just a moment ago, didn't we? We did. We uh, so got confused. <laughs> yes. First time ever we both um, prepared a list um, in the belief that we were hosting the episode. So, uh, yes. <laughs> I will be hosting this time, but yeah, next time we'll be actually... Given, oh no, no, next time you will be hosting, yes, and then the game afterwards I will be hosting, that's right, isn't it? Yes, but I am ready to be a backup host today if needed, I do have paperwork. Yes, I'm sure you've got your, your commentary on this game. That's right, um, so if something happens to you, um, I, I can take over. I'm hoping that yes. it doesn't happen to you, but just in case. A one-man podcast. That's right, I'll talk to myself, I'll get the cat involved. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's probably better better conversation than me sometimes. Maybe, maybe, a lot of meowing. So the yes, same as so you, well, really. Similar conversation, really, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Today, we are here to discuss Persona 4 Golden. Now, I'm not quite sure um, how Persona 4 Golden end- ended up on the list, because um, it wasn't part of the original list, but it also wasn't added as a newer game on the list. So the version that's on the list came out in 2012, so I don't know... Yeah. Sometimes. Might, be, um, might be similar to like when Code Veronica got put on. We, yeah, we think it's it just the be. case that maybe they found an old review from the time that they just counted and then it up their meta score maybe. Yeah, so we don't have an official placing for the list, but it is at the very tail end of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so the score that uh, Persona 4 Golden um, received was 93 uh, as an average, and it was released on the PlayStation uh, Vita in the year 2012. Now, I'm pretty original... sure this is the only Vita game on the list as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, well, there are some games that also were on Vita yes. or Vita, but um, yeah, it's um, it's the only exclusive, I think. Mm. Although it's not really exclusive anymore because it's now out everywhere else, isn't it? Yeah, it got um, it got re-released about maybe four or five months ago, didn't it? On uh, Switch, PS. Four and five, and then Xbox One Series X and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it's worth noting. I've got a bit of um, background here. So, um, Persona Three released in the year two thousand and six, and the highest average score for that, the highest meta score for that, is eighty nine. And that's also um, available at the moment as well, isn't it? Along with Persona Four and Persona Five. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and Persona Four um, was originally released. On the PS2 in 2008. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that. Yeah, so, and obviously the highest meta score for that game is 93, so a, a pretty good score there. Mm. And then I also wanted to mention uh, the release date of Persona 5, just to paint a bit of a picture about the release schedule yeah. of these games. Um, so, Persona 5 came out in 2016, and the highest meta score for that game was 95. But Across the games, you've got a bit of a spread of meta scores depending on the platform. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And the, the release schedule to me is quite interesting as well. And I'm sure we may get into that in a bit more detail. Um, okay, so do you have any history with 
Persona 4 Golden? No, the same, same as when we went into Persona 5. I've I've got no history with the Persona games. The only Persona game that I've played before this is Persona 5 Royal, which we played relatively early doors in the podcast. I think it was probably in the first 25 that we covered. Um, and anyone that's been listening to the podcast long enough or, or listened to that episode know that, that it's probably um, one of my favourite games that we've covered for the podcast so far. So going into this... I had the same feeling I had before going into Persona 5. I knew that it was going to be big. And I was very much in a, oh, I really don't want to have to spend all that time going into a game again. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time I've played Persona 4. Uh, and to this date, only Persona 4 and Persona 5 are games that I've played from the series. How about you? I actually bought um, Persona 4 on the PS2 years ago. I think I've still got a copy of it somewhere because it was worth quite a bit of money at some point. Yeah. And there is obviously the review scores for the game were very high, so I was intrigued. But I never actually started it, so um, it's a game that's been sitting in my collection for many years and a game I've never played. Um, but I was I was curiously excited to play this game. Um, I've heard very good things about it, and amongst persona fans it's either persona 4 or 5 that mm. tend to be people's favorites um and and I, and I think there's a reason for that and i think both the games really have their strengths and they both have their weaknesses as well so i i, I describe my feelings towards this game as uh, mixed positive um i think i'd probably use that that phrase to describe persona 5 as well um okay so where did you play persona 4 golden I played it on the Switch, so it's probably not dissimilar from what it was like to play this on the Vita when it first came out, which, um, you know, since they've made the Persona games a bit more accessible because they were exclusive to Sony um, up until relatively recently. So I played it on a handheld and I pretty much played 99% of this game in handheld mode. Uh, I didn't really do docked with it, although when I did plug it into the actual dock, it did look quite good on the TV. Um, but yes, I played this on Switch, which personally I think is the best way to play this game. Same with Persona 5, and I think I said at the time that that game would have been ideal for Switch, and since then obviously it's come out on Switch. Uh, but yes, I was a Switch man for this. What about you? Yeah, also on the Switch, and for me, as with most of my Switch playing these days, it was 100% in handheld. Um, I've got Tears of the Kingdom, and I think I'll play that in docked for... A good amount of it, but yeah, mm. most games these days are playing handheld. I'm, um, I'm, I've started Breath of the Wild for when we cover it on the list, and I'm literally only playing that in docked mode. But yeah, I'm I staying away tomorrow game. night, so maybe I'll, I'll uh, take it and play it in handheld in the hotel. We'll see. Yeah, th- those games um, really look amazing uh, mm. on a big screen, but also in handheld. So yeah, um, so to kick off. Uh, let's talk about what is the same slash difference between Persona 4 and Persona 5. Do you have any comments about that? Um, they are both games set in Japan where you play as uh, a transfer student and each of the games focuses on part of it is like a relationship simulator, part of it is um, a RPG combat game and the other part of it is something else 
Um, but school sim. Yeah, school sim. They're they're both Persona Four and Persona Five are both very Japanese, and they are very much covered in Japanese culture, particularly of the time that they were released. I think. Yeah. Um, Persona Four being based in two thousand and eleven in the countryside in Japan, and um, Persona Five being set in like 2016, 2017, like Tokyo. So they're they're very much products of their time and their environment. I feel. Yeah, and don't forget this game was actually released in two thousand and eight as well. Oh, of course, so. of course, of course. Yeah. So, so set um, a few years in the future. Yeah. So what's different? Um, because actually, I think the vast majority of these games are very similar, and it makes for quite an interesting conversation. But what's different? To, to be honest with you, they are very, very similar. In fact, I think it's the case that with Persona Four, uh, because it is an older title, it feel it's the kind of vibe where, and neither of us have played Persona Three, but it feels like Persona Four walked, so so, uh, so Persona Five could run. Uh, particularly with things like its dungeon design and um, the in-depth nature of it. But it's hard to say what's different and what's the same because they are very, very similar games with a a somewhat similar story, I suppose. What would you say? Aesthetically, you've you've got slightly different visuals, but having played a lot of both games it really doesn't feel like such a big deal after you've been playing it for a couple of hours. No. Um, because you've got this really nice overlay, this really nice um, interface in Persona 4 that is very reminiscent of Persona 5 and it makes it look very pretty even even though the graphics on screen aren't necessarily as polished as Persona 5. Mm. Um, you've got another great soundtrack um, that's not really a difference. You've got the countryside versus the city, and that that creates some quite interesting parallels. You quite liked got, that as well, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did like that, and I've I've got that as a point um, that that I wanted to make. Um, I would say also, in some ways, I think Persona Four is a bit darker than Persona Five. Um, yes. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, I I think so. Um, Persona Five has its moments for sure. You know, you've got. Um, some relatively heavy subject matter in Persona 5, particularly at the start of the game, when um, you know, you've got the first first person who you tackle, Kamashida, is the... Which is actually the darkest, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, he, He's basically a, a predatory teacher whose advances make a girl jump off a roof and try to you know, try, try to kill herself. Um... And I'd say that there are elements of darkness in Persona 5 as it goes through, but it never really gets to that level again. Um, whereas Persona 4 is uh, is about a serial killer um, who is, you know, targeting mostly people that have had media coverage. Um, and and that's the murders a high school student. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the, the main plot of the game, really, isn't it? It's... Uh, Kind of like a whodunit, I suppose. As for other things that are different, um, as you say, the dungeons have evolved in Persona 5. Yeah. Um, the storylines are a bit different. We'll get into that, though. I'm sure we'll uncover more about uh, some of the differences as we go along. So um, let's talk about the storyline. What happens in this game? 
yeah, if you've played Persona Five and, and maybe Persona Three, like I said, neither me or Dan have played that one, but it's it's a similar similar scenario that you're an exchange student who goes to stay. Um, in this case, with it with a relative, obviously in Persona Five, it's with um, with it with a stranger, Sajiro. Um, but in Persona Four, you go to the countryside in Inaba to stay with your uncle, um, a guy called Dojima, and his daughter Nanako for a year. Um, while I can't remember the reason for the um, for why the character goes it, to isn't stay. Is it with that them. your parents have gone abroad or something? Yeah, so, some, something like that. Um, yeah. But the, basically, not long after you, um, not long after you arrive in Inaba. Um, there were a couple of murders that kind of spark spark the interest, and you know, in in Persona Five, it's the case that you go into people's castles to change their hearts. Whereas in Persona Four, it's a bit more of a literal entrance into a meta world because you you go through a TV, uh, effectively into what they call the TV world, and the plot of the game is that um, every few weeks or so, um, there is a the next victim or the next potential victim of the murders shows up on something called the Midnight Channel. And from there, it's your job to work out who the next victim is, identify them, and then go into the TV world and confront their shadow version of themselves uh, before the time runs out. Because if it gets to a certain point in the calendar and um, some fog comes down on Inaba, then you run out of time and the target gets killed. So... It is about building up your crew, as it was in Persona 5, but instead of it being the Phantom Thieves this time, it is the investigative team. And going into the metaverse to try and save people and find out who the who the murderer is, um, as well as, you know, juggling being a student and trying to get good grades, joining after-school clubs, uh, working on your relationships with the different characters, um, juggling the relationships, getting into romantic relationships with some of the girls if you want to. All the girls in your case. All the girls in my case, as it was uh, the same in Persona 5. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's effectively a murder mystery um, with a bit of a, a sci-fi element going into a metaverse through a TV, into the TV world. And all, all the same characters that are in Persona 5 are in Persona 4. But just different, if you know what I mean. Like you can well, draw. Yeah, what you mean is there's a type. They're all types, yeah. and they're all the different types show up. Yeah. So, um, you know, for for uh, for Teddy, who is this big Teddy creature that lives in the metaverse, the comparison for Persona Five would be Morgana, or for uh, Yuki, who is one of the first characters you get. The comparison for her in Persona Five, I'd say, would be Makoto. Yeah. Um, or Yusuke would be... Uh, is it Ryuji? Yeah, it's Ryuji, Ryuji yeah. isn't it? Um, so, you know, there's there's one of those characters in every game. Like, their, their character type, as you say, I suppose, is is in the game. And then Sujira would be your uncle Dojima. Let's talk a bit about the characters. Um, so, are, were there any standouts for you? Yeah, I really liked Dojima. Um, who, I also like Dojima. Yeah, so anyone that hasn't played it, Dojima is the, the player's uncle who is a um he's a, he's a detective and he is uh put on the case of trying to figure out who the murderer is um and it was funny because i remember saying to you i watched a review of this game before i played it 
and I'm not sure if it was a IGN review or it was someone else, but they're effectively saying, oh yeah, Persona 4 is one of my favourite games of all time. Uh, you know, and you go and stay with your abusive uncle. It's like there is in no part of the game where Dejima comes across as an abusive no. uncle. No. Um, so yeah, I really like Dejima quite a lot. I like the family dynamic um, in Persona 4 even yeah. more so than the one in Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, the the thing with this game, I found differently from Persona 5 maybe, or maybe it's because I've not played Persona 5 in quite a while, but each of the characters' journeys, uh, if you decide to build the relationships with them, feels quite quite deep. Um, yeah. So Dejima, if you spend time with, with him and um, your cousin, his daughter Nanako, it's his obsession with trying to find out a drunk driver that ran over his wife um, five years or so ago. Then with characters like Yuki, it's the fact that she is expected to take over her family's in one day, but she's not sure if she wants to do it and, you know, riding with expectation on her shoulders or with, um, you know, Yusuke, who is also from the city, like the, the player character, but his family run the big kind of Walmart, uh, Walmart-esque store, Junez. And it's him kind of coming to terms with the fact that, A, the first victim of the murder is someone that he knew and someone that he liked, but he finds out she didn't really like him very much. Which and is his, interesting. Yeah, and, you know, his, his guilt of, you know, wh- whether or not he could have tried to save her or whatever. Um, you know, it's... It's definitely interesting, and can I? I, I quite like Rise, um, Rise's character as well, who's the idol, um, yeah. who is you know trying to come to terms with the with fact: does she and... want to be famous anymore? Does she want to be this model that people fawn over, or does she just want to be a normal girl? Um, and ultimately, she decides that she does want to go back to being an idol, but she also wants to take a break and take some time for herself. Um, and one more that I'll point out. I don't know if um, it's someone that you put the the time into in terms of relationships because it was an optional one. I think is it, her name's Ardi, maybe the 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 one who becomes a manager for the after school club, like uh, the soccer or the basketball team. Um. So I did. I did the the guy as the basketball. Yep. Guys. Um. Can't can't remember his name. Uh, and I also did the drama club. Um, yeah, with Yumi. Yumi. Yeah, there's um, good. I can't remember her name, but there's uh, there's a I character. Know she comes can... in. Yeah, I know she is. She comes in and she's yeah, she's a bit rude at first. Yes. Uh, so her story is effectively that she's very well off. She's very she's very rich and very wealthy, and she's not very well liked, and she comes across as a bit snobbish. Um, but as you kind of get to know her, you find out that she's got quite quite heavy uh, self confidence issues. Uh, because she used to look a lot different, she used to be a lot bigger, she used to think that she was uglier, and she's trying to trying to come to terms with the fact that, you know, it's hard to let someone in to, to love you or whatever. Um, it, it, it's interesting, and there are some really, really strong characters yeah. in this game. Um, so how would you describe them compared to Persona 5? I'd, I don't know. It's I'd like to say they feel more grounded, but I don't... Well, I don't know because it's been a long time since I've played Persona 5 and, you know, watching a few 
comparison videos between four and five playing persona five back then i was like oh, actually yeah there's some good stories with some of these characters but when you really think of it makoto in persona five who's probably my favorite female character in the game yeah, i quite I like makoto and you did out. as well yeah. um but really her entire arc in persona five if you choose to push on her relationship is um you know oh my friend is dating a bad guy how do I get involved with this and fix it? Yeah. Whereas well, she's also got the stuff with her sister, doesn't she? Yeah, to, to to some extent with Sai, but I would say the most grounded and the deepest relationship that you can build in Persona Five is with uh, Kasumi or, yeah. or or Samira, because you know you, as you play through the extra semester in Royal, you realise that she's got like a lot going on in her head and. Basically, she's the reason that her sister died and she couldn't live with herself. So she then picked up the mantle of being her sister um, until it kind of overtook her personality. Like some really deep stuff. Um, but I, yeah, may, maybe the Persona 4 cohort are a bit more grounded. There are obviously some exceptions to that with you know characters like Teddy. And I'd, I'd say Kanji isn't really handled that well. Um, but overall, it feels like they're a lot more grounded in reality, facing similar problems to what you know, maybe I I thought was were issues for myself when I was a teenager. You know. Yeah, I think that they are based on types, as you say. Mm. Um, but I think Persona Four, personally, I think does more with those types than Persona, Persona Five does. There's more depth, more layers yeah. in them. Um, Which is I, funny because Persona Five is a longer game. Yeah, and I think I said at the time um, with Persona 5 that particularly two characters started to really annoy me. Um, and at first, they didn't. At first, I found them quite likeable, but the more I saw of them, the more annoying I found them. Which Who was, was that? Arn, Arn yeah. and Ryuji. And I just found them to be very, very shallow in the end. And I think there are some standout characters in Persona 5, but they are examples of their types, whereas I feel like the types here... Um, obviously, Arn's, um I would say, Risa. yeah, is is is, is the, the one that yeah. all the guys want is the uh, yeah the the former idol. But I feel like there's a bit more depth here. Um, but but there are some good ones in Persona Five as well, and there are some some less good ones here, as you say. Um, but just generally speaking, I feel like they're a bit more interesting, as you say. Um, so let, let's talk about. Uh, in comparison to one another, the storylines. So, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a claim here about uh, Persona 4 story. I, I feel like it's um, a bit more consistent um, all the way through. So that in Persona 5, it feels like you go, you you do one castle, and then you go off in a completely different direction, and a new character is introduced at random, and then you go to their castle, and then another character, and then it turns out that they're all sort of loosely linked. Whereas I feel like Persona 4 does a much better job of tying it all together. You know there's going to be another potential victim. And you can kind of... uh, I don't know, it just felt a bit more grounded to me and a bit more... Not always, but a bit more real to me. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yes, but there are problems with it. So, yeah, I'm going to get to some of the themes. If that's what yeah, no, about. no, not 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 the themes. I knew you were going to. I knew you were going to touch on that anyway. Um, but I think that my my main problem with Persona Four 
is that it is very much uh, right. This person is going to get murdered. Okay, you have saved them. Now you've got to wait for the next person to come up with a murder. And you said it to me the other day that some of the wait times between the castles and the dungeons is excessive. And I think there were quite long waits in Persona 5 as well, but because there was so much more to do in Persona 5, it didn't feel as bad, maybe. Um, And because there were more areas as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. But, you know, it, it, it is a pretty consistent story. And... You know there are there are parts where because you're obviously trying to work out who the murderer is and you worked it out pretty fast. Um, yeah, I think I worked it out before even the first <laughs> the first castle. Yeah. Whereas I thought it was someone else, and then that someone else died, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. Maybe Dan's right, and then you turned out to be correct. Um, but it's because do you know why? It's because so spoilers for anyone that hasn't played this game. It's a character called Adachi who is um, Dejima's sidekick, sort of um, it's like a detective. Yeah, second-hand detective. Training. Yeah, and and the the reason... Number one, he was always around. And I thought, why is he always around? He doesn't really seem to have much relevance, but he's always around. Mm. Number two, his character design screamed that there was something wrong. Um, he was always disheveled and... There was something about his face. He was tired, and uh, and no, I, I've played classic enough, Japanese design. Yeah, I've played enough Japanese games to to know the tells, and it just I just thought, and I said I sent you a message saying I I, I don't know for certain, but mm. I, I, I guess that it's going to be this guy. Yeah, and it was. It, it turned out to be him, and I feel like a lot of the story is working towards that reveal, and it really does pick up. When you do find out it's him, so I haven't completed the game yet. Oh, have you not? I'm, I'm uh, I'm doing. I, 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 there's the boss after Adachi. Yeah. Um, which I got to last night, and it was very late, and I thought I better turn this off now. So, I'm there. Uh, so I'm fairly close to the end, I think, but not not there yet. You've still but, got another like whole semester and a half to do yet. Yeah, yeah. So I know there's another couple of. Uh, I know there's potentially two dungeons, but, mm-hmm. but one of them you can miss because it's a. Uh, um, it's part of Persona Four Golden. So. Yeah. Same with Persona yeah. Five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's it's more consistent in working towards that goal, and at times it feels more focused. But at times, you're right; it does feel unfocused because when you. I, I tend to do what I did in Persona 5, which is complete the dungeons very quickly. Yeah. And then I'm just left waiting around for yeah, loads days of free time. days on end. Whereas um, Persona 5 does a smart thing with its... Uh, let's call them dungeons, um, because I know that they have different names in both games. Mm. Um, Persona 5 forces you out of the dungeon about a third of the way through. Yeah, then, when you leave your calling card. Yeah, and then like two-thirds of the way through, it does the same thing again, and it, and it keeps... Um, it keeps doing that, and because of that, you're forced to go out and take a break from the dungeon. Whereas there was one dungeon where I got all the way through to the boss door, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm gonna go go out here and um, replenish my health and SP, and then come back and just do the boss, and did it within two two days. Um, and then I had eight. I think that was probably the one that I was complaining, saying, "Oh, I've got." Such I a think. Wait time. I, I think one of the big things with Persona Five and. I know really we shouldn't be talking about comparing them when we're it's just talking very about this hard game, but it's hard not to. I think the thing with Persona 5 is that 
you can get quite... It's good that they, like, throw you out of the dungeons in Persona 5, because I think, particularly when you look back to Okamura's um, palace, which... Yeah. You know, we, we we everyone agrees that is the worst one because the boss fight and that is so broken and almost made me stop playing. But the the length of the dungeons in Persona Five feels so much longer, and I think it's because yeah, better balanced. There's a better balance because they're they're all specifically designed to be something different, whereas Persona 4's dungeons are okay. You're on the first floor follow a corridor around, try and work out the way to the stairs, go up. And I said to you that Persona 4's dungeons feel exactly like what Mementos was in Persona 5. And I think that's why the the, the dungeons in Persona 4 felt so much easier to just do and get out of the way because it was literally like follow a corridor, follow a corridor, follow a corridor, mini boss. Follow exactly the same pattern. Yeah. Um, And it's why when there were backtracking moments in the Persona 4 dungeons... It did my head in a little bit because, you know, backtracking in uh, the dungeons in Persona 5, it would be a little bit interesting. Whereas backtracking to the dungeons in Persona 4 is very much just, uh, oh, right, okay, so I've got to go all the way back through here and go down these corridors and find this specific thing in this specific area on one corridor, which is just down a load of different lines, you know? Um, It feels more like padding, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, you know, some games can do backtracking, whereas others can't. And, you know, it's no secret that MGS is one of my favourite games ever, but the backtracking in that game to go and get the sniper to fight Sniper Wolf for the first time is padding, and that bit does my head in. Um, So some some games can do padding well and and hide it, but some don't, and I think this might be one of them. Yeah, we're going to get on to the dungeons a bit more because I want to dig a bit deeper into that. Okay, so... Before we blow open the entire game, let's go on to our ever-present feature, Gameplay is King. Um, is Persona 4 Golden fun to play? Yeah, it's the same as 5. I think if you get into it, you can really lose yourself in this game. Um, and I, I certainly did. I think I've got maybe about 40, 45 hours in it. I'm on 60 hours. Are you? You've been, <laughs> playing, it a lot, you've been playing it a lot slower than me. Maybe I've been. Uh, I was going back through the dungeons first of all, and doing the um, oh the the mini bosses afterwards. The additional shadows, yeah, yeah. So I do think this game's fun. There's a lot here, um, not as much as you know its sequel, but no. enough to keep it exciting. And I really liked following through with the um, the relationship quests and seeing where they went. So if you're someone that is into a good narrative and a good story then yes, I think this is fun. There are elements where there isn't very much gameplay. Um, and, you know, that was a big issue with the start of this game. I know you said the same, the first hour or two, it's very slow. Um, so, yeah, but it just takes time to get to it, is what I would say about how fun this game is. What do you think? Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's got a really satisfying gameplay loop, if you can get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of the gameplay, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, no. You're, you're basic for a lot of this game, for probably half of this game, you're advancing conversations. Um, yeah. That's, that's what you're doing for half of this game. Um, you've got a, another part of the game where you're running around um, small areas and you're talking to people. And then the rest of the game is dedicated to the dungeons that we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very similar to Persona 5. These games aren't, um, they're not, really heavy gameplay games this is not um no. dark souls or anything like that 
and it, it it's very relaxed and I think that's part of its appeal for me it is very relaxed you yeah. can just it's, yeah there's something about getting lost in this world and just chilling out and then you've got the the very good soundtrack once again it's the same stuff that popped in Persona 5 that pops here and there's there's, there's nothing quite like these games they are unique and in a way, I wish I'd experienced this back in 2008 because I think this would have felt very modern and very fresh in 2008 um, because it felt very yeah. fresh when we played Persona 5 when we did. Mm. Um, so yeah, it definitely is fun. Do you have a favourite move within the combat or any comments about a favourite move? Um, I, I suppose like getting the when you've managed to knock down an entire group of enemies yeah, and getting all, all, all yeah yeah you know getting the the whole gang to beat them up is quite satisfying but this isn't really a game based on moves is it um no. so it's hard to say but yeah that would be the standout one because that's the main one that kind of sticks out i suppose seconded um okay i want to talk about the themes of this game some of some of which it does well some it doesn't <laughs> frankly um Okay, I'm just deciding from my list of uh, well, my, my short list of themes. Do, do you uh, while you're discuss... looking at that, do you want me to um, provide some some mid uh, episode entertainment while you're having a look at that? Yeah, you, you go for it. That's fine. Everything's great at your Junes. There you go. That was That's, a little song for beautiful. you. Episode <laughs> four. I hope you'll like that. That was my impression of Nanako. You sounded exactly like her. <laughs> Thank you very much, big bro. <laughs> Um, okay, the first one I'm I'm gonna get the elephant in the room out of the way. Sexuality, yeah, and it's a it's a it's not one that we usually end up talking about in games, but it's one that to me has to be discussed when talking about this game. Um, I'm gonna let you start and just give us a bit of a description as to what this is, and I'm just gonna run down and get my 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 laptop charger. Yep. So it was something that we discussed probably not too in-depth in Persona 5 um, because you often find it with um, with Japanese games that a lot of the women will be designed in specific ways to overly sexualize them um, and the main you know example of that in Persona 5 will be on the guys will often kind of stare and leer and make comments at her but it didn't seem too intrusive whereas in this game it's a lot more prominent and you know the the player character can be as involved or not involved as you want like that's fine um but the third dungeon i think is uh, is risa who's the idol and her her kind of palace or dungeon or whatever is is a strip club and she's talking about how she's going to take off all her clothes and like the middle-aged men are all leering at her and all the all, all the boys are leering at her and it just seems a bit kind of like ham-fisted. And as you go through the game, there's like quite a lot of elements of the guys just being really creepy and trying to kind of get in with the girls wherever possible. And the worst, um, the worst person for it, person is, is Teddy. Um, and it's played for laughs. And Teddy is quite a funny character, but also at the same time, he is incredibly weird. And just this incredibly horny, weird kid. So yeah, and you know that that there, there, there's 
they they have this weird thing with kanji as well where it's kind of hinted for a while that kanji might be gay it you never really kind of find out if he is or not um and you know he seems to have a thing for um Naoto the detective and she's she's female but at the same time wants to be a guy so there's touches of you know um trans in there as well but yeah kanji just feels very poorly handled in terms of yeah he could be gay or that's really weird let's not hang around kanji that's really weird man isn't it i think having him be confused about his sexuality is fine yeah yeah that that that's fine and and that's i'm not gonna say interesting because it's not something to um uh, to, to assess in that way but interesting in the fact that you didn't really often see it i suppose in games yeah in novel, i suppose for that yeah the problem is the commentary that the other characters provide which is just <laughs> cringy uh yeah it, in, in in this day and age and similarly with um naoto again the fact that they were born a girl and they now want it's never quite made clear but they now want to be a boy um there's nothing wrong with that and the way that it's handled is fine um but again it's the way that the characters are um like that cringy (laughs) spa scene yeah uh, that that was the one i was telling you about to prepare for i was like yep gets weirder yes it's it's I don't. Even, I'm not even well well versed to to comment on it, but it's just ba- basically it just feels wrong. Yeah, for for anyone that hasn't played it, Naoto is uh, a detective who, like Dan says, was born female. She would rather, or they would rather, be a boy. It's never really kind of pushed on what their their pronouns are because it wasn't really a conversation that was had, I suppose, in the late noughties. And few, like a few specific points in the game, she kind of refuses to, you know, be around the guys, and she doesn't take uh, take part in a fashion show, um, which Teddy stipulates there has to be a section where the girls are in swimsuits, and Naoto wins but doesn't take part. And then later in the game, they go to the Adami Inn, which is the the hotel owned by Yuki's family, and there is a hot spring in there, and all the girls go in in towels, and then eventually Naoto comes out. And all the girls make a really big fuss about the fact that she's got quite big boobs, um, which, you know, you can't really see in Naoto's normal clothes. And you can tell that she's really kind of humiliated by it and doesn't really want any attention. And it's just a bit awkward. And it's it's kind of just there for... It's really just there for the guys, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's fan service, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Some weird sort of fan service. Yeah, the whole thing with Kanji, the whole thing with Naoto, and just the, you know average sexism in this game is is a bit heavy i suppose yeah it's, it's just um it's cringy at times it's cringy like none, none of it made me feel uncomfortable none of it was like oh no. i don't know how i feel about this but it was just a bit like Ooh. <laughs> but I, I think i could understand i i read something before I, I briefly read something before i played this game um which commented on the themes within this game and how they put the writer of this article off the game um they said that they were i don't know if they i think they played it before and it was fine but they played it again this time and those things were just so obvious and yeah it's it's um 
it's a small issue. Well, it, well, I don't know if it, 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 your mileage may vary on it. You might find it very uncomfortable, but I found it cringy. Yeah. Um, same way that uh, we talked about Metal Gear Solid Five and Quiet, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just just cringy. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, the way that this game handles fame. So you've you, you touched on it with Rise and these characters are getting uh, they're targeted because they have appeared in a, in a TV interview. What do you think this game's saying about fame? Um, I don't know because Persona Five focuses on it a lot, doesn't it? Because it's the, the group of the Phantom Thieves, and as they do more of their work, they get more famous until it kind of tears them apart a little bit and, and is their downfall to some extent of the game. Um, whereas, yeah, like you say here, that the targets for the murders are people that have been um, have been on TV, um, no matter how briefly, even if they're just mentioned and they haven't actually showed up. I don't know what it says about fame, really. Um, I don't know. I've not thought that much into it. What, what do you reckon? It talks about public perception and they're appearing on the TV because they've appeared in these interviews or mm. on TV somewhere. Um, and because of that, they've got into the public consciousness and it's the public's... This is my understanding of it. I might be wrong, but it, the way that they appear on the Midnight Channel, which is the the weird TV dungeon world that they appear in, um, the way that they appear on that midnight channel show is the way that the public perceives them and Mm. i don't think it's quite that though i think there's a bit that i'm missing there because kanji for example appears a certain way but i don't get the impression that 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 is the way that he's publicly perceived so it's yeah kanji's yeah kanji's i mean kanji is a very aggressive kind of rebel without a cause kind of um, guy. He wears like a skull t-shirt and a leather jacket and he's got piercings and scars. Whereas his perception on the Midnight Channel is someone that is very camp. And it's hard to kind of get that vibe of how, why people would think of him that way in the real world. So I, I know where yeah. you're coming from, but I'm, I'm with you. I kind of can put the pieces together, there's but at the same time, there's something there. missing. Yeah. Uh, so that... Because that, I was waiting for that explanation. Um because they were appearing on the Midnight Channel and that's how they were targeted, but why were they appearing on the Midnight Channel in the first place? So I was waiting for that explanation and then it came and then it didn't quite answer my questions and I thought there might be something afterwards that does delve into it. Maybe there isn't. Um, Okay, so next topic that I think... Why do you think it's relevant that the game is set in the countryside? I suppose because all of this crazy stuff that's going on, like serial killers and crazy fog and stuff, isn't really something that's happened to the place before. Whereas, you know, every game... I don't know where Persona 3 is set, but Persona 5 is obviously in Tokyo. And I I suppose maybe it's just like a little bit of a change. Whereas if there's a serial killer in a city, it's like, oh, okay, this is bad. But it's kind of business as usual. Whereas in the country, nothing really happens in Inaba in this game. It's very much a quiet town where nothing goes on until these murders start and it's it, you know it, it really shakes the community yeah correct. um and i think that's a big element of this game is that the fact that it's such a close knit community 
where you know they've got their problems, they've got their you know issues with Juniors closing down the shopping district, and you know everyone knows each other's business, and all of a sudden this serial killer turns up and starts really freaking people out, you know. Yeah, and, and there's also the idea that the law enforcement can't quite cope with what's going on and yeah. uh, specially enforcers have to be called from elsewhere. And um, just the idea that there's not much to do in this town. And, and sometimes when you're playing it, um, I don't know if this is intended or not, you feel you feel like, yeah, there's not much to do between uh, the dungeons. Sometimes you, there's no one that you can talk to to advance. On the rainy days and stuff. Yeah, and you just end up finding something Studying to pass or the something time. Or... Yeah, or, or for the fourteenth time, going to try that big bowl challenge. Yeah, <laughs> just to get your understanding up and your courage. And that. yeah, just to pass the time, and also yeah, just to increase your courage, understanding, perception. Um, one of the other things that I think there is a bit of commentary on. I don't think this game does incredibly well with any of them, maybe with the exception of the countryside, which I think it does quite nicely, um, is... I, now, I called this topic nihilism. Um, so Adachi, in his conversation at the end, the reason he's doing what he's doing is... He describes it as being... He's bored. And he's angry that he was sent out to this countryside town and the way that he's getting vengeance is to... to create chaos and to um, cause these murders to happen and um, he also basically describes how whatever the whatever the team does will amount to nothing and their lives will be meaningless and the reason that they're chasing this answer this truth is because um, they've got nothing else to look for or to look forward to and I think it touches upon it and you definitely get the feel of that in the game, but I don't know if it um, does it justice. Um, I don't know if you've got any feelings about that. Um, not that I've thought of um, ahead of time, so I don't really have any fully formed thoughts on it. But it's, it's an interesting point. And yeah, Adachi does this because he's bored and because he's lonely and he's just in the middle of nowhere when he, you know, he thought he'd be a big shot officer and he's like a 26-year-old doing nothing really so he just gets bored and decides to start having people killed which is you know because he can get away with it he he does the first one he's like oh wow i can get away with this and then all of a sudden he's killed like five people or something yeah it, it's an interesting one there, there, there's another element of the story that i wanted to touch on as well um before we move on yeah that i really liked and then i thought oh wow they've actually done that and then they reversed it which I thought it was a shame. Um, and about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through the game, uh, Nanako dies. And oh, yeah. Na- Nanako is is the cousin. She's like this five, six-year-old um, girl that you, you live with. And like she's this really sweet kid. And then she gets, she gets kidnapped and taken into the TV world. And you go into her dungeon, which, you know, it's a cool dungeon. And... Yeah, you, you bring her back and she gets hooked up to a hospital ventilator and you think she's getting better. Then all of a sudden she just she just like dies and everyone's absolutely distraught and, you know, Dejima is ruined. But then about five minutes later, they're like, oh no, she's fine. We, we brought her back to life. It's all good. And I really wish that they stuck with 
killing yeah, her off. It would have been interesting. Yeah, and because it literally, when it happened, I was like, no way. Like, are they actually doing that? What? And, like, I was really surprised. And then within five minutes, it's all absolutely fine. I was like, oh, it's such a good opportunity. I don't know what it was an opportunity for, but I thought it would take real balls to do something like that. And they did it, yeah, but then they stepped back. <laughs> Yeah, see a different side of the characters, but it's one of those paths that I can understand why they backtrack because think of The Last of Us, think of The Last of Us Part 1. When you go down that route, it defines the rest of the game Mm -hmm. and you can't walk it back. Whereas if they walked it back very quickly and then the characters could be merry and um, a team working, basically what the Persona series is about. Whereas it, I think it would have turned into a very different game had they walked that route. It would have been interesting, no doubt. Um, the, th- the thing is, they, they, they did it with Akechi, didn't they, in, in Persona 5. But because at that point, Katechi, Katechi, sorry, um, Akechi was an antagonist, it, it didn't really hold as heavy. But like the scene where Akechi's basically giving you the reason why he's done everything, and it's because you know his dad was horrendous to him and you know you get a reason behind it and then he just dies i was like oh man because like akechi was a really interesting character um and i like the fact that they got rid of him even though they kind of bring him back in the in the final semester just for him to kind of go again um but yeah i, I like it when games do that and they they take a risk and get rid of someone that you weren't really expecting I was quite surprised they would when um saki I can't remember what I said. The, the, the girl. Yeah, I was surprised when she was dead. Yeah, the the second uh, victim. That hit quite hard because you just... It's like with uh, with Persona 5. You said that um, almost causes the girl to commit suicide, but mm. she doesn't. She does Or she doesn't die. Um, well, she, and, she who, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's like a line that games don't really cross, whereas... Persona 4 very quickly jumps over that line and yeah. never really walks it back from that. And it's always... She's never forgotten. No, particularly for Yusuke. She, yeah, and, and she's brought up all the way, uh, certainly up to the point where I am now. She comes up in a lot of conversations. And mm. that's really interesting. Um, because if you're at a school, and whether you're close to that person or not, if another student dies... It's uh, it's really hard hitting. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting thing that they do there. Okay, I want to talk a bit more about the dungeons before we move on to something else. Um, so we've talked about the structure of the dungeons. What they what to me what they do is you're right that they're, they're corridors, but they have a, a different paint job, all yeah. of them, and some of the paint jobs are more appealing than other ones. Um, were there any ones that you thought stood out to you? As in, like, the, my favourite dungeons? Yeah. Um, I like the last one quite a lot with um, Adachi. Yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, I thought that was quite cool. And I'd say uh, Nanako's as well, uh, being Heaven, um, because that's quite heavily linked with her character of never really understanding why her mum died. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that the Heaven one was quite good. Um, and... Maybe Kanji's, perhaps the bathhouse, but 
a lot of them sink in with each other. I mean, like the 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 video gamey one was interesting, but it also did my head in a little bit. But that was like a proper Minecraft world before Minecraft yeah, even existed. Yeah, I had a nice art style. Yeah, uh, but no, I'd, I'd say Heaven and then uh, Inaba for Adachi and Nanako. What about you? Um, yeah, I'd agree with those two, and then I'd put in the the, the video game one as well. Um, the game doesn't do dungeons as well as Persona Five. No, nope. um, but I also I felt with Persona Five, and I think I don't know if you agree with this. It nowhere near achieves what it could do with those dungeons it still feels at times like a dungeon with um some intervals and um some bits in between um well well, well, some of the palaces of persona 5 have quite cool gaming um mechanics put into them like my from memory my favorite palace in persona 5 was um the art gallery and there were sections of the art gallery where to get through, you had to jump into paintings and, you know, hop around. But some yeah, of the palaces it's, it's in that game is. were bigger, like were, were, were too big, I think. And they were so big to a point where it kind of drew away from them a little bit. Like if this palace was a little bit smaller, it would be better. But because you've added so much volume and size to this thing to make it feel grand, it feels a bit emptier and it feels like it's padding. You know what I mean? Yeah, some some I definitely preferred some to others, mm-hmm. and some were better than others. But they weren't. I think I've played RPGs that do dungeons better, and I think yeah. that's um, that's what I think I was getting at there. I, I feel like there's there's some way to go to make them even better. And like with the art gallery, I see that they kind of touch on this heist that you're doing to steal. The, the calling card and I wanted it to go full blown heist um, where you're really planning it out and it's just stuff like that they could have taken it further for me um, but don't get me wrong I think they're they're quite significantly far, further ahead than Persona 4 mm. um, okay audio for this game we've touched briefly on it but um, anything you want to say about the audio well, I think the um I think the music in Persona 5 is better, but I think the music in this game is still very, very good, uh, particularly the opening theme, um, you know, the opening cutscene. I think it works really well. And I don't know what style I would give um, Persona 5. It kind of feels like a weird element Jazz. of jazzy funk, whereas Persona 4... I don't know how you'd put your finger on it, but it is very, very catchy, very vibey, very upbeat. And, you know, the colour palette of this game, like Persona 5, it's like a red and black colour theme, whereas Persona 4 is like multicoloured. Um, it feels very like something very much out of the 70s, which... A lot more yellow, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of yellow. And it is a... I mean, they're both very colourful games. Uh, Persona 4 doesn't pop as much as 5 just because of, you know, the the times that they were released. Um, but yeah, the music in this game's good. The American voice acting, I did it 50-50. So the first half of the game, I did the Japanese voice acting. And uh, the, the second half of the game, I did the um, the English. Um, 
And the voice acting is okay. It's very much like an Americanized Japanese RPG. Um, the Some voice, of the voice acting. actors sounded very similar. To oh yeah, massively, massively. Um, but yeah, the, the standout on the, the audio side would probably be the music, which is very good, but not quite up to the levels of Persona Five, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I don't really have anything to add. Mm. Um, visuals? Anything else to say about those? Yeah, again, it's it's a game of its time. Um, it still looks it still looks good, um, but it is very obviously. Now that you say it's a PS2 game, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that now. Um, you know, the the character models are very obviously from that generation. Yeah. Um, the the cutscenes is like just watching like a Japanese anime, um, and it, it looks really Nicely good. Done. Mm. But yeah, the, the the overall look of the game is is good. Again, doesn't pop quite as much as Persona Five. Like I said, it, it's hard to not compare these two games. Um, which is probably somewhat unfair, but yeah, it, it looks it looks good for its age, I think, particularly with the new upscales on the Switch and the PS uh, Four and Five and the Xbox. Yeah, I think I'd take it further. I think it looks very good for its age. Two thousand and eight. I mean, for a PS for the PS Two, mm. um, I think it looks very good for its age. The fact that it's still quite quite nice to look at in yeah. many ways. Um, very colourful, pops a lot, and. A lot of what Persona Five does right is here is, is present and correct in Persona Four Golden. Mm. Um, okay, so on to the question of the week: What direction would you like to see the next Persona game go in? Um, in terms of setting, in terms of story, in terms of um, maturity, in terms of um, where you want to see the dungeons go, where you want to see the characters go, or any thoughts about that? I don't know. I suppose Persona 5 was our first one and I was very surprised with how much I liked it because I I loved that game. It was brilliant. And Persona 4, um, I was expecting it to be long. I was expecting it to be good. I don't think it exceeded expectations, but it met my expectations. And the one thing that I'd be interested to see if a Persona 6 comes out, because you got to bear in mind, these games are all part of Shimagami Tensei, and I think there's like 14 or 15 entries into that series. It's crazy. So, well, the, the, the mainline games is they've just, they re, well, a couple of years ago, I think now they released five on the Switch, but there are more other spin offs. Yeah, there's, there's loads Tensei. of them. Um, but I'd be interested to see if, if they do another one, what the, the themes would be in it and how differently they're treated, because you've gone from very ham fisted in Persona 4 to not amazing in Persona 5. And it'd be interesting to see if they're handled a lot better in Persona 6. Um, in terms of setting, I like the Tokyo setting. I like the city setting. And I think that works quite well. But in terms of anything else, I don't really know. Um, I'd probably need a lot longer to think about that. Um, but seeing as it was your question, I imagine you've probably got a better answer than I have. I don't want... I, I'm, I've seen... Tokyo and many other games and um, the Yakuza games have done Tokyo uh, very yeah. well and a lot and they they started branching out to different cities and I always preferred the entries where you go to a different city other than Tokyo um, just because it felt different Yeah, and I don't want to go back to Tokyo I, I'd like to see another city in Japan maybe one which I mean, there are so many diverse cities in Japan, and 
I would like to see um, maybe somewhere different, um, maybe with a touch of countryside as well. I really like the countryside setting here. I think it could be explored more. As you said, there, there aren't a great deal of locations to actually go to. Um, so although I like the atmosphere and the setting, you don't, you don't really get to properly explore it. No. And I would also like to see... I don't want to say open world because I don't I don't agree with that, but a bit more open more locations in the game. Yeah, but also maybe the ability to walk between them. Um, right. So, whereas in in this game and in Persona Five, you kind of go between them via a menu. Yeah. Um, and it, and it doesn't mean I want to see um, Persona Persona Six Oblivion. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no. But but. Just something a bit more open where you can do a bit more exploring and um, maybe a bit more variety in the gameplay. I would also like to see a more mature story where they do the stuff that they were doing in 4, um, but take it even further because and, and commit to it. Because I, although, as I said, they do backtrack and it would have changed the game fundamentally, I still think it's a, a bit of a tangent that I'd like to go on. Out of curiosity. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be where, and I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the monsters and, and and that they seem to be quite similar between the games. A lot of the uh, the personas and the shadows. So so maybe it needs a bit of a refresh in, in terms of that. Like um, um just... inclusion of um, Mr. Blobby, maybe. Yeah, as, as a shadow one of the boss characters. Um, yeah. I'd like to go to Noel's house party. And yes, that'd be an interesting. Work dungeon. my way through the floors, and then yes, have a sub boss as Noel Edmonds, and then the final boss as Mister Blobby. What a haunting idea that is! Make it. There you <laughs> Make go. That game, and you can throw your money at uh, whatever company decides to do it. There you go. There you go, Atlas. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what they do next. Mm. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go, and I, I think or if but, they will. So, I think it'll happen. It's seven years since uh, Persona Five now, so maybe the next couple of years, eight years between Persona Four and Five. I don't know. Only two years between three and four. Well, they've just ported Persona Five over to all the consoles, haven't they? So they'll probably want to make some more money off that for a couple of years um, before they start doing other stuff maybe and, and bear in mind as well you've got other Persona games that have come out in that time like Persona 5 Strikers um, yeah that <clears throat> I, I mean I've, I've got access to it I've not played it um, but I think it's from what I've seen it's alright I think it's in the same kind of vein as, as Hyrule Warriors uh, for the Wii U it's that kind of vibe um, but yeah so they're, they're still making money off the Persona 5 um, games so, yeah, but maybe in the next few years, perhaps. We'll see. Okay, so on to our wrap-up. Does Persona 4 Golden deserve to be on the Metacritic Top 100 list? Yes, I think it does. I um, I think it's probably well-positioned, well because I think this probably comes in at about maybe halfway, three-quarters of the way down the, the list of the inclusions since being put in since we started the list. Um, and I It's think right that, near the end. It's right on the, on the cusp. Well, I think... Persona 5 deserves its spot more than Persona 4 does, but I think they both have their place here. Um, 
and by saying that, I mean Persona 5 deserves to be higher up the list. Like I said, it feels like Persona 4 walked so Persona 5 could run. And about both games, there are elements to it which make it better than the other. Um, but overall, yeah, agree. I, I think that Persona 5 is a better game. Um, but Persona 4 definitely has its place in the list. I think it definitely deserves to be here. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think Persona 5 taken as a, a total package is a better game. Um, but there are elements of Persona 4 that I do prefer. The story, um, the characters, a lot of the characters. Uh, setting, the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But the dungeons and that side of thing is a lot better in Persona 5. And you're right, it does have more to do. It's got a bit more style. It's got a better soundtrack yeah. than Persona 4. Um, but your mileage may vary on these games. Some people prefer Persona 4. Some people prefer Persona 5. And I do think, given all the similarities that these games have, a really big compliment that you can pay either of them, really is that they have their own identity and they have a unique story to tell. Um, So, yeah, I think it deserves to be here. And, yeah, uh, somewhere near the end of the list, but I think it deserves to be here. There's still a big compliment that you can pay the Persona series is that there are still not many other games quite like them. They're still really unique. Yeah, Um, Did you ever encounter i don't know if it's called the grim reaper in this game or death or did you ever encounter them no i wasn't sure if they existed but i did um i did wonder <laughs> because obviously it's it's mentioned in mementos at persona 5 but i wasn't sure if it was going to be an inclusion but there were a few dungeons that i was running around where i could hear like the clinking of chains which is obviously the same as what happens in persona 5 and mementos with the grim reaper um but i didn't think it was actually going to be a thing in there so no I, I didn't ever come across it. i didn't know it was there i had a feeling so i heard the chains but no did I, you? um so in you know in the the video game dungeon yeah i opened a chest mm-hmm. and i got a warning saying um are you sure you you want to open this chest you really don't want to open it right and then um i i clicked yes yeah to open it and i got a second warning um you really shouldn't open this chest and I clicked yes, and I opened the chest, and then I had a, a fight with the Grim Reaper or Death, and and he just obliterated me. <laughs> so yeah, that was my experience there. there that was quite, I thought it was quite a nice touch that it was there. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, and it was I, random because I retried that floor, and they weren't there the next time. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> Good inclusion. Okay. Um, what have we got coming up on the list? Uh, yeah, we did uh, we did mention this in the last episode, but the um, <laughs> the last kind of twenty minutes of the recording got got skewed, didn't they? So um, we will reiterate because we had technical issues um, on that episode. So next game we're doing, which will be in two weeks' time, I think, um, is going to be Tetris Effect Connected, the game that we've been yes, saying for finally. ages that we're going to do that we've been looking forward yeah. to massively. Uh, and you know we're we're both very much looking forward to spending thirty pounds on Tetris. So there's that, and then so that's in two weeks' time, and then the week after that we are going to be doing Breath of the Wild finally, um, which I have started. I haven't started Tetris yet because you know it's Tetris, but I have started Breath of the Wild. So we've got um, one game where we don't really know what 
it's going to be like, and then one game where it's probably going to be quite an interesting episode. Um, yes. Not that any of our episodes are not interesting, you understand. Uh, they're all equally as interesting. But yes, I feel more people will be excited by Zelda than they might be about Tetris. But you never know. You never know. You never know. So, yes, as usual, find us on social media, Long and Short of It Podcast. You can email us at the Long and Short of It Podcast at hotmail.com. If you like this episode, you know, please share it uh, with someone that might also enjoy it. Talk to your friends about it. Start a blog. Um, call someone and tell them about it, maybe. Call the pizza man, perhaps. Um, but, yes, that is all from us for this week. Is there anything else from you? Please and thank no, you. No, that's it. Yeah. Lovely. Well, we will see you in two weeks' time for Tetris Effect Connected. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.